Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride post-game show. Left side wide open, Skymore, touchdown! Kansas City on a pivot route! Presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Holmes will fire it late for the end zone, caught! Marquez Valdez-Scantling on his backside! On your weekday home for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Mitch Holtis. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side, Kelsey over the shoulder, he's got the catch, he's got the touchdown! Kansas City! This is the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Here's Jay Binkley. Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs who win the AFC West for eight straight years. That is second most all-time to New England Patriots that won it uh, 11 straight times. Happy New Year to the haters and all the people that have been hating on the Chiefs uh, the whole year, the national media, uh, because now you have to now you have to deal with the Chiefs because they're in the postseason. And really, if you sit there to make a case for any team steamrolling into the playoffs, you better stop with Baltimore, and that's about it. You better stop with Baltimore and not the Miami Dolphins, the crap they did today. The Buffalo Bills have looked like garbage the last two weeks, although they're still winning. So, well, just stop with the Baltimore Ravens. That's uh, that's kind of where you need to stop uh, with teams steamrolling into the playoffs. But the Chiefs uh, surpassed the Rams. The Rams in the 70s had seven straight division titles. The Chiefs now with eight. Andy Reid now has gone nine straight years of at least double-digit wins. Nine straight years of double-digit wins. He's been here 11 years. Ten years they've had double-digit wins. His worst year was 2014 and where they went 9-7. and seven. Still two games over 500. And it's the only year he didn't make the postseason. So it wasn't pretty today. You know, reports came out today that they were going to try to simplify things, bring it down, narrow it down, so the team can play faster, you know, move the ball. It's the same deal. I mean, they still have a problem catching the football. Rasheed Rice still separating himself is a nice receiver, nice weapon for the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I still think going forward that can be your number two. Hopefully you would get a number one, but he'll be on this team and help this team uh, for a long time to come as uh, he was one of the gems in the draft of the wide receiver position this year, and the Chiefs nailed it. The Chiefs nailed that he was second in reception, third in yards of all rookies uh, from this past rookie class. So not going to listen to any Brett Beach can't draft a receiver because he did Rasheed Rice. Uh, this previous year, and guess what? That counts because he drafted him. He wasn't magically placed with the Chiefs. The secondary in this defense looked incredible. The Bengals were just shut out, you know, since that second quarter. Defense got six sacks. I felt that they played a lot more physical. This is the kind of physicality they need going into the postseason. Remember Mitch Holtis uh, joined me Friday uh, when I was in there in the mornings. He joined me at 730 and it was talking about, you know, the physicality with the Chiefs and the offensive line needs to bring it. Bring it like the late Ed Buddy. You know, bring the fight to the Bengals. I felt they did the fight. I, I thought the Raiders came in here and they pushed the Chiefs around. They pushed them all around. They were the more physical team. And they inserted their dominance over the Kansas City Chiefs. They saw things on film. And they thought, okay, okay, well, let's go. We can go push around the Chiefs. Well, the Bengals did a great job of running their mouth like they typically do. They're more bark than bite, um, to be honest with you. Jamar Chase talked this week, and as I called this game the shut-up game because I felt it could be, you know, you, you talk your talk, but just go shut them up. The only way you shut them up is to win a game. Like, go out there and actually win. That shuts everybody up. I mean, that is cashing your check. What Jamar Chase did is he was an agitator. What Jamar Chase did was dumb. 
What Jamar Chase did was fire the Chiefs up. They didn't need to be fired up, but they were. It's little words like that fired them up. The Chiefs brought that mentality with them. You know, Justin Reed, back-to-back sacks. Remember? Good old Jamar Chase said, well, he's no Jesse Bates, you know, talking about Brian Cook. And why they were talking about Brian Cook, I have no idea. He's on the IR. Even though he's from Cincinnati, maybe that was why it was brought up. But this defense deserves respect. It is the number two scoring defense in the National Football League. They were fourth in sacks, but had six today. So they're going to move up that list. They're going to be a top three team in sacks in the National Football League. No team blitzes better from the secondary than the Chiefs do, but they put pressure um, on the quarterback the entire time and really they took that momentum. Again, they kept that physicality. But it was Jamar Chase running his mouth. He talked like a guy. And here's what a lot of the Bengals do. They talk like a team that's won four Super Bowls. I mean, they talk like they should be Joe Montana. They talk like a team, you know, that's earned the right, that has the hardware, and they can talk. Patrick Mahomes put Jamar Chase in a box a long time ago. Remember when he said, Pat who? And then he tweeted out the, that's who, with his two rings. But Jamar Chase and this Bengals team, the big three, the big three, all the big three of the Bengals, eight catches for 89 yards between Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Eight for 89 for the big three. That was terrible, and that was crappy. And that is not the way to run your mouth. I mean, this is a team that's eliminated from the playoffs now. They, again, they were talking like a team that won four Super Bowls, and I don't get it. Why give the Chiefs motivation? Like, why give them motivation at all? We saw Jamar Chase get into it with Snead. By the way, according to the next-gen stats, Legereus Snead aligned across from Jamar Chase on 21 of his 34 routes, 61.8% of them, allowing just two receptions for 27 yards on three targets. Chase gained fewer receiving yards than expected, minus six for the first time in his five career games for the Chiefs, so got less yards um, in each game. Not only that, but you look at Snead, Amon Ross St. Brown, six for 71. Kevin Ridley, two for 32. Justin Jefferson, three for 28. Keenan Allen, four for 55. Tyreek Hill, eight for 62. Devontae Adams, the first time, five for 73. Devontae Adams, the second time, one for four. Stephon Diggs, four for 24. Folks, that is called shutting players down. It's called shutting their mouths. This is why I do believe that Chris Jones and others are going to have these, these wild contracts that simply not going to be there. I rarely advocate for a second contract, but I will advocate one for luxurious need. He is a shutdown guy. He's a guy that you can put out there because the NFL is about passing and what wide receivers can do, but he shuts them down. And again, this all was the physicality for the Chiefs because rushing the football is something this team hadn't done well. And then you got Pacheco out there, the 18 carries for 130 yards. Like Mahomes needed that, man. Mahomes needed somebody to go out there, insert their dominance, and be able to turn around and hand the ball off to them in that physical play of the offensive line. They needed this. They did not have this against the Raiders. It was different this time around. Isaiah Pacheco ended up with 7.2 yards per carry. Patrick Mahomes, they didn't need him to run the ball, although he did pick up the crucial first down, which was a tough guy play. You know, when Sam, big Sam Hubbard comes up to get him and Mahomes still wills his way, to get the first down when the Chiefs went for it. But two carries, four yards, or excuse me, four carries for two yards for Mahomes. He didn't need to carry it. And Mahomes did have a career high, still does, at 385. It's barely a career high. His career high was 381. So he still sits with a career high in, in uh, a rushing uh, yards per attempt for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now they have the three seed locked up. And as we've talked about, less rest. The Chiefs, less rest. It was something talked about last May. Warren Sharp, a sharp football was looking at it, and 
I don't know how he figured it out, but he did. And he said he looked back 35 years, and he's never seen this. And it makes sense because you have the primetime games, you know, on Thursday night, Sunday night, stuff like this that you didn't have back then. But they had less rest than their opponent. This team has played more football than anybody in the National Football League. Pat Mahomes is one of the five starters that's actually started every game. One of the Ironmen in the league. One of five quarterbacks that started the day that started in game one. That's incredible. And the fact that you know, he's gone the five straight AFC title games. The only time he's lost is in overtime in the AFC title game or the Super Bowl. That is, that is more football than anybody would ever dream of playing. No one can ever say it. Not anybody in the history of this game can ever say that. Five straight AFC title games. And who knows what happens this year. I mean, there could be some losses going in and out of it, and he doesn't quite make it there. But the one thing I'm tired of hearing, uh, JT, is can Chiefs do it on the road? No matter who I'm talking to, um, which interview, which city, this is what uh, they bring up. Uh, JT Noah, by the way, the producer that's been here with me all year, was here with me at Fesco in the morning uh, last week. But I keep hearing the can he do it on the road, and you know that drives me nuts, JT. Yeah, it does. It drives you nuts, and uh, I think it's funny how it rubs your engine. But um, as much as we think he does it in the regular season on the road, well, we still ha- we we haven't seen it in the playoffs. But I mean, we haven't. But I, I don't think there would be that much of a drop off of right. his performance. So listen to this. So listen to this. Patrick Mahomes in his career, right? He's he's a guy that uh, if you want to talk, can and I'm I'm shocked that the lazy media doesn't take the time to look at numbers. I mean, it's very simple. Just go to football reference and you can see it. Like the national talking heads, oh, what about Mahomes playing on the road? Mahomes has now had played 47 games where he started at home. He started on the road 49 times. He has 36 wins at home. He has 38 on the road. So he's won twice, two games more on the road because he's played more games. He's lost 11 games at home. He's lost 11 games on the road. Passing, JT, 13,146 yards at home on the road. 15,033, almost 1,800 more yards passing. Now, touchdowns. Mahomes has 99 touchdowns at home, not counting today. He's got 119 touchdowns on the road. Only three interceptions difference between home and road. It sounds like a quarterback that might be better on the road than he is at home. Don't forget, they have four losses at home. They lost three straight at Arrowhead Stadium. So, talk all you want. Can the Chiefs win a road playoff game? The answer, quite simply, is yes if you do your homework. But enough of me. Let's hear from you. Let's go no huddle. Tony will take it low at the 35. Now cuts back to the right. He's got a wall set. If he can get to the edge, they can need to block the putter. They do. Tony's at the 40, up the sideline. At the 30, he's at the 20. Tony with the block trying to stay in place. Down to the five-yard line. Taking your calls now at 913-586-7610. That's right, 913-586-7610 is the phone number. It's also the J. Southland Coast Service text line, 913-586-7610. I hope everybody has a good new year. Again, it's a rough week, man, because it was like a tough one in the stomach last week with that Raiders loss. I mean, it's a rival. It was a loss at Arrowhead. The team's bickering on the sideline. still did that today. Willie Gabe was getting into it with the many heels or things you don't want to see, and I told you the cameras are on the Chiefs. Whether they blow their nose wrong through the wrong nostril, it's going to be on national TV. And again, you saw it this week. America's darling, the Browns. Joe Flacco yelled at his wide receivers right there on the field, but nobody said a word. They only going to say a word if the Chiefs do it. Because, oh, man, the Kansas City Chiefs did it. They blew up. And everybody thinks Brad Allen's a clown because of the Lions game yesterday with the, uh, you know, the ineligible receiver, you know, taking the lineman to make yeah, it Yeah, the eligible. debacle? Yeah, 
And so everybody's like all over Brad Allen on this. Oh, he sucks as a referee. What were you in two weeks ago or a couple weeks ago when he when he blew the Chiefs game against the Packers? What were you then? Well, well, well I come out now. What come out now? Because it, it was the Cowboys getting a win over the Lions, the lovely Lions. What about the Chiefs a couple weeks ago? Same Brad Allen, same crew, same clown show of NFL reps that ought to be full-time instead of nonprofit CEOs like Brad Allen is. Let's go to Q in Topeka. What's up, Q? What's going on, Bank? You know, I've been listening to you since, I want to say, 2011, since you and J.C. Pearson had that um, uh, late-day late show. Oh, it was old yeah, school, man. man. Me, J.C., and Vern. Yeah, man. I've, I've been listening to you guys forever. Okay, look. That was two to six, I'm my just gonna. I'm going to ask you. One question, or I'm going to ask you two questions. Well, I'm going to say one question, and I'm going to ask you another. <clears throat> what are we going to do with MVS? Because <laughs> yeah, I didn't get this that. is a huge problem. Yeah. And second, I'm going to give you a hypothetical, because I think he is the guy that will sum up everything. I think he's a perfect fit for the Chiefs come March. Terry McLaurin. Trade a second for Terry McLaurin. And I think we would be doing pretty good. I'll listen to fair. Well, thanks. For Love the, you, Bink. Thanks for the call, Q, and uh, Happy New Year to you. Yeah, I would I would be okay with the Chiefs bringing in one free agent. Again, I'm, I'm going to be curious what the Bengals do with T. Higgins as well. That's a guy, I mean, he, he made the catch of the year to me uh, last week. But the Bengals do have his rights. They can still franchise him and, and go that direction. But that catch he made where he twisted his body and went around. That was, that was insane. But if you go for agency, I still think they need a draft two. And I actually draft three pass catchers because I think one should be a tight end and two receivers. This is the year to do it. I mean, there's going to be no excuse because in 10 years, people are going to look back and say, man, look at all the Hall of Famers that came out at wide receivers from the 2024 draft. You don't want to be the team that didn't grab one of those guys. Loaded with 6'3", 6'4", 220-pound receivers that run in the 4-4s or high 4-3s. And, you know, your Malik Neighbors, your Keon Coleman's, your Brian Thomas's, Xavier Worthy's, A.D. Mitchell's. I mean, you name it, your um, Xavier Leggett's. I mean, there's so many of them. Man, it's like pick your poison with wide receivers in this year's draft. So, yes, the first round should be spent on a wide receiver. I mean, I've seen mock drafts where people had the Chiefs getting a corner and something stupid like that. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. This team needs a wide receiver in seven. They have 40 drops this year from receivers. Now, as far as MVS, quite simply, he doesn't play if, if it was me. Just can't do it. Can't have it. You can't lose momentum and easy drops. I mean, he dropped another touchdown. Just right in his hands. The second one that was downfield, that would have been a little tougher. He did touch it. He used to have a coach that said, if you touch it, you can catch it. I did not like the fact that he looked like he was saying something to Mahomes. Did you see that, JT? You've seen the video and everything where it looked like MBS was saying something to him, like, you know, put the ball kind of in the front of me or something. He was talking, like, place the ball placement. It's that kind of stuff right there you can't have. I mean, if that was indeed the case, you're 100% not playing. If you're going to the quarterback and saying anything about ball placement where it should be, just catch the damn ball, man. But they, he got boo-bird by the arrowhead crown. But, yeah, I mean, it's one thing you don't say, man. You just got to make the catches. They're going to stop going to you, man. And the thing that frustrated me most last week is he got 80% of the snaps. So, basically, the Chiefs were playing with only 10 guys out of 11. You have 11? They basically played with only 10. And then Watson had all those snaps, and they didn't get anything. I mean, you, the Chiefs were basically playing with a man down with MBS out there. You can't have that. Like, you can't have that. Like, I don't want it. Like, going forward, that's little things you can do. 
is play the ones that want to play. I've told you for weeks, I'd play Rich James more. And I know he took a punt down by the goal line that he should never should have done. But then he had that nice return as well. The guy's got, the guy has spark and he has juice and, and he catches the football. And he's a proven guy in the NFL. He had 57 catches last year. He was number two in the Giants in catches and yards. That's a proven guy. You know, MVS isn't going to sniff 57 catches in a season. Justin Watson's not going to sniff 57 catches in a season. Richie James has already smelt that, man. He's already sniffed it. He's already done it. That's the guy who would have more snaps. MVS would not play with uh, what transpired the day. Let's go to Sandra in Phoenix. Happy New Year, Sandra. Happy New Year, Bank. I thank you, as you say, from Phoenix, where Cardinals fans rejoice over the Jonathan Gannon revenge game against Philadelphia. Anyway, how about Phil, speaking, much, of Phil, speaking of Philadelphia and the, them losing today, how about the uh, crap that Nick Sirianni, his little the coach of the Eagles, also cocky, leaving Arrowhead Stadium, yelling at the fans and all that. They've been nothing but hot garbage since he left Arrowhead Stadium. Ever, ever since he did that. Ever since he did that. You know, karma's and a I'm bitch. Karma's it. a bitch sometimes, you know. It is this. It really is. No, totally. You're right. And speaking of karma, uh, LeJerry's did not practice this week. And thanks to Mr. Chase, I I, I honestly believe Sneed just willed himself into this game. Yeah, it's one of the most up. awesome, awesome. Oh, I, I hate to use this word so many times, but please let's sign him. Love him. Well, and the thing about it and is, finally, is, Sandra, the thing about it is, go ahead. is when you're – a lot of times, if you don't practice Friday with Andy Reid, you don't play. Like, he was loved. He did not right. practice all week. He did not practice all week, but the Chiefs right. knew the value. And I know Jamar Chase was injured this week as well. He had a limited practice on Thursday and Friday. Whatever. It was questionable with his shoulder. But Sneed didn't practice all week, man. And usually guys that don't practice don't play. But the Chiefs knew they needed Sneed. They knew they needed him well, Jamar Chase. You know what? He sucked it up, and he played. This will go down as a really, really good game in the history of Legere Sneed. Oh, it's it was amazing. I was I just lost my mind. And finally, think I listened to your uh, uh, post game take on the Pop Tarts Bowl. Yes. And when you are in when you are inducted into the Broadcaster Hall of Fame, as I know you will be, here's one of the things I want on the loop of what they play for you. You, yeah, I'm using a bad word. You talking about how the Pop-Tart mascot was not the Pop-Tart they ate. Thank and you, you were you. losing your mind. It drove me nuts. I honestly, I, could, I think I laughed for an hour after the show. Hey, that you don't fill it up as an edible Pop-Tart if you're not eating the damn mascot. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, my God. Please never change. Happy New Year, my dear. You too, Sandra. Take care. Good talking to you as well. So, yeah, well, Pop-Tarts for everybody, though, by the way. Did you bring in JT? I did not bring in either. I'm, I apologize about that. Yeah, I did not bring in any I actually either. went to the store Friday, and I forgot to get them. And I feel really horrible about doing it because it was going to hook us up, my man. Let's go to Big T and Shawnee. What's up, Big T? Hey, uh, Bink. Thanks for taking my call. Happy New Year to you, Same man, to you, and everybody out there. Hey, so um, way to go, Chiefs, man. You know, they just set a bunch of records again. They Won the division. I know that don't mean nothing to a lot of people, but man, that's hard to 
hard to do as many times they've done it. It's the way to go, Kansas Something this year. It should, I mean, they were had the T-shirts on and everything. They were enjoying this one. This is one that you enjoy. This is one to enjoy because things did not come easy. This is one like the other ones. You know, it's a big deal. The Chiefs are rolling and they were a machine and everything else. But you, know, you, you start to sweat a little bit with Denver coming right behind you. That's true. You got it, Bank. I mean, that's hard to do. We keep doing it. Let's roll. The defense played well. The, the defense hats off, man. They've been carrying us all year, and they just got to keep giving them kudos. Uh, they're just badass mofos, and and they're they're that's that's going to be the reason why we're going to win it. Choo, 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 choo. There you go, Big T and Shawnee, uh, enjoying New Year's uh, a little bit early right now. But yeah, the Bengals are all upset, man. The Bengals are, you know, they you know talking their junk, and you know they have to deal with it now. But that, that's just what happens well, when you when you talk crap. And you dis- I'll get into what he said, but remember, remember this. This is you know Jamar Chase this week, and you know what the Chiefs credit credit they they use this. He said, "Put it in your locker, whatever." Okay, they did Jamar. We know what we're capable of. Everyone in the lead does. That's why they. That's why Casey doubles the way they do. What stands out about that secondary for the Chiefs? If I'm being honest, nothing. They just. Know- you know what? You don't stand out to them either, man. You're just a guy. You were just a guy, Jamar. You were just a guy. He said nobody stands out. That is disrespectful. If you want to talk about the offense struggling, you could have. But you don't talk about this defense. The defense is going against you. The defense shut you down. Again, the big three. The Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase show. Eight catches, 89 yards. Come on, man. You guys were MVS out there on the field. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Arville in uh, Chillicothe. Yeah, Jay, I'd or like to just... I don't, I can't Back read. up your take on the Jamar Chase thing. That guy's straight up garbage. Yeah, you don't run your mouth unless I mean he thinks he's Joe Montana and he's not. He thinks he's and Jerry also, Rice and he's not. How do we get guys that don't have alligator arms on the field? We got a postseason yeah. run here coming up, brother. I know. And we got crazy stuff going on out there. What's Andy Reid look at when he sees the all 22? The problem is he's got what he's got. I, I With MVS, though, I, I got to make an example of somebody. Now, Tony, <laughs> I mean, Canary's Tony, they kind of have. He hasn't played the last two weeks because he's, quote, injured. So they've kind of done that. So I mean, he's kind of out of out of sight, out of mind. Sky Moore's on IR. They've kind of gone that direction. But the, with, with the whole thing, if, it, if he did do it, and I've seen, you know, the video of it, MVS did not look happy with the ball placement was, even though it hit him in the damn hands, um, that'd be a problem. Like, you don't show up people, um, especially your quarterback, in my opinion, and especially when you're not playing well and nobody can trust you, he would sit. Honestly, he would sit. And I'd play Richie James instead of him. I'd play anybody else. But I, am, I, am, I would not have thrown the ball deep to him again. Once you drop that one, I'm done with you, man. Done. Done. Again, he had 80% of the snaps last week, and it was like the Chiefs were playing a man down. That's how bad it was. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, he's straight up trash. But it's not that. Just pay attention, man. It just, you know, act like a pro. Act like a pro. Do your job, man. Harrison Buckner's job is to put the ball through the uprights, and he did it six times. That's his job. You know, do your job. Your job is to catch the football. Your receiver in the National Football League, catch the damn ball. Very simple. Very simple. But this is this has been going on all year, so it's not even worth getting mad about because it's kind of what they do. See what I'm saying? So, um, happy uh, Happy New Year to you guys. One last one uh, before we uh, go to do, take a break and go to Josh Klingler 
Dan and KCK. Good evening, Dan. Good evening, Bing. Eight straight AFC West Pass. That's the way to shut uh, Jamar up, you know. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. All, all week long, he was saying double team what? And, uh, yeah, the defense and 41 yards. I mean, he has no right to say that. He hasn't won nothing yet. And uh, I agree with you, Bink. And, uh, yeah, he shouldn't uh, blast that on the, the bulletin board material. Then make no sense, you know. And that just fueled the Chiefs up on this playoff run. Now, if the Dolphins and Bills, whoever wins that game next week, they, I know they have the ACU. West Ham, they'll be the then that will be the sixth seed. Now I don't care who it is, uh, Dolphins or Bills. Let's take care of them. Take care of yourself, Bing. Happy New Year. Hey, happy New Year to you, Dan. Happy New Year to you. JT, we'll take a time out. We come back. We'll talk to Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs. Next. Get the win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, it's not been pretty. It's not been pretty at all. But who outside of the, uh, in the AFC, JT, do you look at it and say, and listen, the Chiefs have issues. they got a ton of issues, especially offensively. It's nice to see their running game going today because it took some pressure off Mahomes. But receiver-wise and getting talent-wise, now they're going to rest everybody against L.A. You know what's going to happen. But my question is, do they let Kelsey get his 16 yards? Because that'd be eight straight years of 1,000 yards. And no one's... Gonzalez, Witten, Gronk, nobody has more than four. He would double up his nearest competitor. For all those people saying he's washed, he, he's 16 yards shy of 1,000. He's number two in the NFL in tight end receiving yards. He's number three in the NFL in tight end catches. He's over 90. Matter of fact, he's one of three humans in the history of the game that have more than 80 catches in eight straight years. Jerry Rice, Torrey Holt, and Martin Harrison. Travis Kelsey in the list. Out of everybody that's ever played the game, everybody that's ever strapped on the game, that's it. That's your list. Cream Hunt, 2017, the Chiefs let him get the run, remember? Against the, against the Broncos, got the record. Do you rest or do you let some of these guys play? Or do you not, you not, you not, you not care about the 1,000 yards for Travis? And you're like, you know what? Just rest, man. Just, uh, but he's done enough for the team. If he wants to get it, let him get it. I, I, think, I think Kelsey's going to go to get his yards. I think they rest Mahomes. I bet, I bet Rice plays. Um, yeah, Blaine Gabbard should probably start this one. Yeah. I'm interested to see if they let Pacheco go and play. He, Pacheco needs, I mean. But he needs he, he needs the reps. But he, also. Well, he was questionable to play today. Right. So, you know, it, it, coming off that concussion protocol uh, that he was on, um, and he was listed as questionable this week. So, you know, I I think he could use the rest. Because they're going to need him in the play. Because he had a hell of a game. He had seven catches for this team and led him with 100. Had career high in rushing yards. Yeah, so I think I think they'll rest Pacheco. Um, I think you play MVS. I think you just have to. I think it's – and I'm, I'm not saying you have to play him the whole game. I'm saying, hey, play maybe the first quarter. We got to get – I think you need to see him catch the ball a couple times and get confidence built in him and in everyone else on that offense to see him catch the football. Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. maybe. Again, I don't know if I trust him in the postseason, to be honest with you. I don't know if I would have trusted him in the second half of that game, but uh, just curious, you know, what, what they're going to do. And Andy Reid didn't want to address it uh, after the game because he wasn't – he hadn't thought about it enough. He wants to uh, make sure that, that going forward that uh, 
that he can sit there and think about it because they're going to celebrate this one for a while. And they should. They should. They have the hats and T-shirts and stuff like that that usually – because no one goes and buys them anymore because they when you want to eat straight – I don't know. I'm sure there's somebody that's bought every single one every year with the hat and the shirts or whatever, but it's always kind of funny when they when they when they put on the hats for the hat game. But the bottom line is this year's it might have been might have been something, you know. It might have been something because of all the kind of adversity they had this year. And then Denver kind of sneaking around and getting right there with the Chiefs uh coming out after that. But you know, we'll see if that's the direction that they go. Here was Andy Reid when asked about resting players. I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't gotten there yet. So it's as simple, it's simple as that. He hadn't gotten there yet, and he'll address that, I'm sure, uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, time to talk to Josh Klingler. He's sideline voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, also a co-host Fesco in the morning. Um, and we'll talk to Kling now. The uh, sideline voice of the Kansas City Chiefs on the Chiefs Radio Network, also co-host Fesco in the morning. Uh, Josh Klingler joins us now. 25-17 to 17 Chiefs. And, First of all, Kling, Happy New Year to you, and well, you have a day off in the morning. That's <laughs> not bad either. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. That was a, a much better post-game locker room than the last couple oh. of weeks where you can imagine it was uh, awfully quiet and awfully down, and yeah, they were they were pretty jubilant, and the, the music was loud, and there was dancing, and <laughs> t-shirts and hats all around. It was, uh, yeah, it was good. I think, uh, I think uh, getting that one today and you know, like the rest of the season, it's all been pretty difficult. But to to be able to finally clinch and get a get a, themselves into the playoffs, everybody's feeling a whole lot whole lot better than they have the last couple of weeks. Yeah, beating the Bengals too. I mean, you have to think that uh, there was a lot to that because the whole Jamar Chase, the going back and forth with the smack talk, the Bengals uh, like to run their mouths. Uh, the Chiefs like to remind them that they ran their mouths after the game. So, what? I mean, many of the Chiefs said that uh, that inspired them. Yeah, did yeah, Jamar Chase's word fired him up? Did that, uh, is that yeah. what you kind of glean? Yeah, Justin Reed told me that. I, he, I said, so it helped. He's like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you put fuel on that fire, that's fine. Uh, so, no, I think it I think it definitely uh, helped. It added a little bit of, uh, you know, intrigue to this game. You put a little more on it. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals still had something to play for, right? Sure. They were still kind of holding on to playoff hopes. And I think the Chiefs, you know, needed every bit of kind of motivation to still get kind of fired up and, you know, I think it's natural to say that there was a little bit of, you know, probably frustration offensively, probably some doubt. I think defense, the defensive side of the locker room, I've just felt bank that they mm. they have been very confident in the way they've been playing. And so I, I there wasn't any finger pointing by any means, but I think that they were like, well, we're doing our job. All we need to do is have the offense come along. And so to have that uh, happen a little bit better today. Yes, you'd love to see touchdowns rather than a whole ton of field goals, but you uh, you didn't squander any scoring chances today offensively. And then uh, watching this defense kind of close that game out like they did on the on the final drive with all those sacks. And uh, Justin Reed even joked, he's like, yeah, we had to let him get a first down so we could get a couple more sacks on that drive. But uh, to see them kind of close it out defensively was, was big. This defense has played really, really well all season. And, you know, they may give up a few things early, but they always figure it out. And that was the case again today, three drives. Uh, scoring drives to start the game and then absolutely shut things down after that and really, you know, made a solid accounting for themselves defensively yet again. Well, Mitch Holtis had talked about it before the game there on the uh, on the Chiefs radio network. He was talking about the physicality, you know, bring that Ed Buddy attitude with the offensive line. And uh, I remember he, he joined when I was in for your show on uh, Friday when Mitch joined. He's, he said the same thing. He's talking about the offensive line needs to have a game. And listen, they gave up some pressures to Mahomes. There's no no question about that. But 
one thing they did is they run blocked, and and they were physical. I, I felt that they brought the fight to the Bengals. Uh, Pacheco ran for a career high 130 yards in this game. He only required Mahomes to carry the ball just four times for two yards. Uh, so the team as a whole 132 yards rushing, but in the six sacks defensively from the defensive line. But I felt the Chiefs uh, kept control of the line of scrimmage on both sides. This was much different than the Raiders game. This was a more physical presence from this team. Yeah, absolutely. I think offensively, for sure, as you had mentioned, um, Mahomes' runs were all big, though, even though he barely, well, they barely were... had to run, right? He had some uh, some big runs again today. But, yeah, uh, you know, having Pacheco have that big number, I thought Mahomes looked more comfortable in the pocket than he did last week where I thought he kind of got the, 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 the internal clock felt sped up to me last week where he was kind of moving uh, ahead of when he needed to. I thought he really kind of stayed patient in the pocket today a lot more and you know, they did look down the field a few more times today, and uh, it did look a lot better. Yeah, again, yes, you'd want more touchdowns, uh, but you did have a lot of scoring drive today, right? I mean, you, you punch a couple of those in as touchdowns rather than field goals, and, you know, you're talking well, well into the 30s scoring-wise. And so I, I think they did show some signs of improvement offensively today, getting Rashi Rice deep over the top I thought was big uh, today as well. And then, uh, you know, the, the special teams feels great, right? Butker was, uh, you know, that was a guy locked in with his pitching wedge and then just hammering home uh, field goals today. So I think they got something out of this one. Yes, it, you know, you'd love it to have been, you know, not a, not a game with one drive remaining in the fourth quarter, but I think that's what we come to expect uh, this season. Win a hard-fought, close game, get yourself into the postseason and feel uh, pretty good going to uh, to L.A. next week with, um, nothing to play for, you know, right? Uh, nothing to play. Everything, everything's everything's locked in. That's exactly what you uh, what you want to have happen uh, this time of the year to to put yourself in a position where things are said and done. And I know Andy Reid kind of didn't really answer the the rest question, but if you're locked into the three, not much reason to play a whole bunch of those guys and risk any injury for the postseason. They could use the uh, the rest. I know there's probably some bonuses and and obviously getting Travis Kelsey a thousand yards That's would right. be awesome. But, um, you know, I think I think rest would be the most important thing. So we'll see how they handle it this week. But, you know, had the two been in play, you know, I think that they they would uh, they would go and go ahead and go for it uh, with everything settled. I think they might, you know, we might see them take a conservative approach. We'll, we'll see as the week goes on. Yeah, I was curious how they're going to handle that because Kelsey's 16 yards shy of his eight straight 1,000 yard yeah. season. And I remember back in 2017, remember in Denver they gave uh, Kareem Hunt? A carry, and he went. Uh, he got the rushing record. Went to the house, right? Yeah. Did he go to the house? And, that yeah, and they took him right out. So I could see like Travis yeah. Kelsey, a one catch, you know, eighteen yards. So he gets his, you know, thousand by two yards, and they pull him out. So maybe that's a part of the situation. There but, you go. You put you put Blaine Gabbard in the quarterback. That's right. You have Travis Kelsey, and you throw him the ball three straight times on the first three downs. Yep. And hopes that he gets the sixteen yards yep. and pull him out. Yep. You pull <laughs> him out. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Noah Gray and Blake Bell uh, game at, at that point, Kling. But the one thing, too, you're going in the playoffs here, and really there's Baltimore Ravens and there's everybody else, in my opinion, because everybody's got flaws. Look at the NFC. I mean, the Eagles got some big issues ever since that game in Kansas City. Um, Frisco got pounded by the Ravens two weeks ago. They had that three-game uh, three stretch where they lost. Um, Miami definitely had issues getting hammered uh, today by the Ravens. Seems like kind of everybody's got issues, and I know the Chiefs have a bunch themselves, but they've got to feel pretty good about themselves just considering nobody's really dominant but Baltimore. Even the Bills, they're just sneaking by. Yeah, and I, and I that's why I also think rest would be big. Yep. 
because you, you didn't get the number one seed buy, but maybe you've kind of earned a different kind of buy and, and can be, you know, use it in the same way you would with earning the one. But I'm, but I'm with you. I think every matchup's going to be pseudo difficult. Yes. Would I rather have uh, avoid Buffalo or Miami, <laughs> you know, one of those scenarios and get maybe a, uh, uh, I guess there's scenarios for what Pittsburgh and, and, and the Colts, you know, would you rather have one of those teams rather than, you know, say a Miami or a, or a Buffalo? Yeah, but but you're right. I think every matchup is, you know, and we've seen the Chiefs play kind of close to the best with everybody too. So I think everybody's beatable. Uh, this is a good year to maybe have some of those, I won't say flaws that the Chiefs have, but, you know, this wasn't a perfect season, but it's been an imperfect uh, AFC for sure and probably the NFC as well. So if you're going to have those kind of question marks uh, still, this is probably the year that it's that it's kind of okay because I I do think everything's really up for grabs. I mean, the Chiefs could could very well still be hosting an AFC Championship game when that's we're all, when we're all said and done. You know what I mean? So that scenario is uh, not uh, too far off, but I, it is definitely one one game at a time in the postseason this year for me, uh, more so than it has been any other time. I think I, I think we've all allowed ourselves to kind of look ahead. Uh, in the playoffs, it's not going to be that easy. So it's sure. whoever that first matchup is is going to be going to be difficult. It's going to be a close game at Arrowhead. I think I've seen too many of these this year to to, to think anything otherwise. And you know, if you get to that first playoff game and you you steamroll someone, we'll all take it. But it's hard to see that happening on the front end. It's going to be a close, hard fought first playoff game. Whoever's coming here. And the one thing too that you always hear people talk about, Kling. What about? I'm sure when you've done radio interviews, the same as me, people say, "What about Mahomes having a playoff game on the road?" You know what I always say. He's played he's played 47 games at home in his career. He's played 49 on the road. He's won 36 at home now. He's won 38 on the road. He's thrown for 13-146 at home. He's thrown for 15,330 or 33 on the road. He's got 119 <laughs> touchdowns on the road. He's got 99 at home. So I mean, he's like been a better quarterback on the road. Yeah, and and not to mention this year alone, right? The the Chiefs yeah. have looked uh, shaky at times at home. <laughs> so maybe getting out on the road wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Look, I don't need to see it, um, but I'm not fearful of it happening. No. You know, if, if the scenarios pop where the Chiefs can, can win a game and then somehow things get weird and they can continue to play at home, and uh, I'm not going to argue with that at all. But, um, yeah, I don't, think that the, I don't think this team probably cares either. You know, win, it, win away, win at home. Uh, I think they, you know, they love doing it in front of their home fans. There's no doubt about it, but I don't think it's intimidating for this team to go out on the road in the playoffs. MVS might prefer the road, huh? <laughs> when you get the oh my goodness, yeah, he might yeah. prefer the road. That that whole thing. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's no secret how the fans have felt about him. Yeah. But, uh, he got a he got a lukewarm. You know, they introduced the offense, the offensive starters. You know, uh, before the game, and he got a. You know, it was kind of like a uh, audible groan. <laughs> when he went out there and then, then obviously, you know, the, the, the drop uh, mm-hmm. that looked like a sure touchdown. And then I don't know, I, I haven't seen the replay on the, on the deep downfield pass. Uh, you know, I think it probably would have been a heck of a catch had he made it, but I think everybody expects like you're, if you get him open down the field, he better be making, yeah. he better be making play, plays at this point in time. So he's got, he's got no wiggle room, no benefit of the doubt. I get it right now. Well, the Chiefs get the win. They get the division title again, eight straight in a row for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's nine straight years in a row for Andy Reid to have double-digit wins. It's been an incredible uh, run for him in Kansas City. But uh, I don't know, Kling, man. I, who knows what's going to happen at this point? Like I said, everybody's got flaws. Just put your seatbelts on and enjoy the ride, yeah. my friend. 
I'm going. I'm going. I want to get. I want this team to get 12 division titles. So I want them past the. Past let's the go for it now. Like let's like let's let's beat beat past the Patriots and get 12 in a row. I think if you're the rest of the division, you got to be freaking out too because you're like, man, the Chiefs look the most vulnerable that they have during this run this year, and you didn't get them. Okay. So uh, the rest of the division ought to still be freaking out. You're still trying to figure out how to catch the Chiefs, and the Chiefs had kind of a you know. They they had their flaws this year, and you know that they're going to rectify them in the off season, right? They're going to they're going to put all the resources together to 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 fix whatever they believe is wrong and get better, uh, while the rest of the division still didn't catch them in this year. So I think the the AFC West is going to run through here for for quite some time, and uh, you know if you didn't get them now, <laughs> good luck. Cling, take it easy, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Enjoy your day off tomorrow. Yes, we'll be off uh, tomorrow. We'll be back. Uh, Tuesday morning at 5.58, we'll, we'll start our uh, our week, our charger week, our bye week, whatever we're going to call it. I haven't figured out what we're call, calling it yet, but pseudo bye week, I guess, but uh, uh, in the playoffs, so that's cool. Sounds good. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, Bank. All right. There you go. Josh Klingler right there. It still is weird because it, it's Sunday, but yet tomorrow's, you know, a holiday. You know, it, it's just weird, weird getting back to normal rhythm after this week, right? Right. It's so weird, football. so weird. College football playoffs tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to watch that. Um, I'll be with uh, I'll be with Kling and Fesco in the morning on Tuesday, so we'll be back back at it again. You were with me all week. I'll be the ten to two this week at the, on Tuesday, so we're good. Look at you. It'll be good. No, I've enjoyed the games except for the Orange Bowl that that set college football back. That's embarrassing. Yeah, I didn't and, watch that one. It's embarrassing the way Florida State treated that game. But James Palmer tweets this out from NFL Network. He's the uh, you guys know James Palmer says there were certainly plenty. It says this on uh, Twitter he goes. There certainly were plenty of players tossing jabs as a large group of reporters interviewed chiefs, luxurious Sneed. So the players, you know, behind him throwing things in there. And it was kind of funny. And one of the questions by a player, whether he's being interviewed was, I thought, um, why you want to interview him? He's no Jalen Ramsey because this was, you know, some of the crap that the Jamar Ch- chase was talking about quote. I thought we don't have a lockdown corner. It thought we got no ballers. So they were having fun with Jamar uh, running his mouth chase. Um, again, it's fine if you run your mouth, but you got to cash in, man, because when you don't, you look like a clown. Honestly, you, you do. You got to put red shoes on and a red nose to fly home on the plane because that's what you look like when you don't cash it in. Like Chris Jones ran his mouth that first uh, year when they won the Super Bowl, then he cashed the check. I mean, that's what you got to do because if you don't do that, if you don't cash checks when you run your mouth, you're a loser. You really are. I respect the ones that call their shots and then they go out and do it. Because it's, it's one thing if you do it, but if you're going to run your mouth and disrespect the team, like you disrespect the game of football, you don't know what you're doing. This defense has been great all year. And LeJarius Sneed deserves respect because ask Devontae Adams, ask Justin Jefferson, ask Calvin Ridley, ask Cortland Sutton, ask the best of the best. I'm on around St. Brown. Ask the best of the best. That uh, why you don't make fun of Snee? And you found out because I, I would call this the shut up game. The Chiefs had a chance to do a shut up game, and they shut Jamar Chase up again. He's no Jerry Rice, but he runs his mouth like he's Jerry Rice. And he even said so. He said, "I'm sure they'll put it in their lockers." I'm sure they. Well, it sounds like they did because they've all been talking about it. And even Justin Reed, who we'll hear from later, that Kling talked to after the game, you know, he brought it up. So why would you? Give the Chiefs fuel. Like, what part of that is any makes any sense? He says that's his that's his personality. He's going to keep doing him, but no, that's but, fine. But again, you look like a, 
You look like a clown when you keep doing it. A jabroni? And people shut you up. Like, Mahomes shut him up throughout the offseason. When he goes, Pat who? And Pat's got two Super Bowl rings and two MVPs. Something he'll never get. And then he then he goes, that's who. Very simple deal. Shut him up. But again, he's going to keep running his mouth, and eventually he's going to be right. But does, does it mean as much when you run your mouth every game and eventually you're right? Hmm? Does it mean as much? It doesn't. And I liked him at LSU. I thought he was great. But, you know, he runs his, his mouth a little bit too much. Respect the game, man. Yes, people have different personalities. People like to run their mouth. Uh, it got Jalen Ramsey in a lot of trouble when he did what he did, running his mouth a lot back when he was – you know, he Call thought he Josh was... Allen trash and Josh Allen burned his ass for a long touchdown. Exactly. That's what yeah. I mean. So he's almost like a Jalen Ramsey. Um, he just plays a different position and he talks a lot. And I bet it bit him in the butt this weekend. I have no problem if players talk. But back it up. Back it up. Talking junk and then back it up. It looks better if you can sit there after a game and say, well, I went and shut him down. Right. Uh, it looks better if you do that. But uh, but he just looks like a clown now. Let's go to Neil and Lone Jack. What's up, Neil? Happy New Year, Jay. Happy New Year to you. So beautiful New Year, man. Um, obviously, I hope you had a happy Merry Christmas, even though, you know, aside from the obvious, but uh, back in the saddle this week, a beautiful result. Um, what did Jamar have? Three for 41? Am I right? He had three for 41, about four sound bites, and he didn't back up anything. And it's a collection between the big three. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase, they had a whopping eight catches for 89 yards. Um, yeah, I'm going to start calling him Ronald. Between all three, T. Higgins did get hurt and did come back in the game. But T. Higgins was smart. He was asked and he gave Arrowhead nothing but praise. Of course, he's going to be a free agent coming up, and you don't want to rule out a team, so he played it the smart way. But he was complimentary of Arrowhead before he played here. Big difference. Jamar. Yeah, T. Higgins is smart. Jamar Chase, I'm going to start calling him Ronald because he is a clown. He's big up. shoes and a big freaking nose. He is a freaking clown, and I am so glad that Snead played today and kicked his butt. And, um, I mean, even the one call that he got in the end zone, I've seen a lot worse, and that should have been not called in the first place because it was over his head and uncatchable. So, I mean, he can't even hang his hat on that. And he can't hang his hat on, these, on the fact that they're, he's in the playoffs because they're not in the playoffs. We're in the playoffs, and we got a shot. You know what now, he's going to be doing? He's going to get as many catches in the postseason as me and you. That's right, he as is. Many he's going to be sitting at home. Sitting at home, Ronald. Mm-hmm. Just like me and you. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this in the, on the air, but I'll say it at the end right before I hang up. Don't cut Always great with uh, Klingler. does a great job. I'm not afraid to go on the road in the playoffs. I'm looking forward to it. Are you kidding me with this defense? I know we give up a little bit early in the game, but we make adjustments. And yeah, okay, Cincinnati's offense isn't what it normally is without uh, number nine out there. But this defense is balls to the wall, and they can go on the road. They can go on the road and take down Miami. They can go on the road and take down Lamar. They could do it. And whether or not our offense can match, I don't know. But you know what, Ronald? You're a douche. Good night. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Love you guys. Love you too. Good night. Uh, I don't know. Orlando Brown played today, and they, they schooled him. She's got six sacks. Orlando Brown was nothing but a speed bump today for the Chiefs defense. Yeah, we forgot about that deal. <laughs> Orlando Brown getting out there. But, no, if you're wondering what Jamar Chase said, um, this is what he was asked about Brian Cook for some reason. I don't know why since, again, Brian Cook's the guy. He's on the IR for the Chiefs. It doesn't matter. He's not playing. 
he is from Cincinnati, went to high school there. But but Jamar Chase was asked about him. But these are these are really the sound bites that the Chiefs took to heart and used. I don't even know who that is. That number six? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't. Just a guy to me. It ain't Jesse Bates to me. You want me to go comparisons? I. It's not the same. See, Jesse Bates didn't play for him anymore. He he has played for him anymore. But this is this is the funny part. I'll continue with him. The funny thing is Justin Reed is a safety, and Justin Reed had two sacks in the football game, which makes this funny because this again this was Jamar Chase during the week. Just saying. Yeah, at this point it's just mentally preparation. At this point, get myself mentally ready to play. Um, but, you know, I'm just adding fire to the field right now. They're going to take this run with it. Hope they put it in the locker, but... <laughs> they did. It's all right, though. As long as I'm mentally ready to play, I got to be... <laughs> hope they put it... I hope they uh, remember... He even said it at the game today. I hope they remember it, right? They, 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 they did. They did. They clearly did. And we have proof of that. But uh, here's where he did mention Sneed before the game. Okay. That can be taken... They can take it how they want to. I don't care. If you don't play... Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm. At the end of the day, it's so much that I can do myself. It's not like I'm Iron Man. I can't throw the football to myself. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a team sport. Probably wish you could. At the end of the day, it's just I know what I see on paper. And I know what I see in game. That's why they double everybody because they can't do it one on one. The best player on their team is Snead. That's a fact. Everybody knows that. That's why they double double everything they see. They just got. Well, they drafted two new corners that's longer. They're trying to match Snead. That's why I Snead at corner now. I already know it. Like, I'm not bugged about it. They know, I, they know I'm good. They know how to play us. That's what it is, but it's not like they got a superstar on their defense. He was dinged up in that championship game. Was he on your I can't remember. <laughs> they have a superstar there. The defense has been outstanding. It's number two total defense in the entire National Football League, the number two scoring defense. Uh, they're only behind the Baltimore Ravens as, as far as that's uh, concerned. But uh, after the game, um, after the game, uh, Jamar Chase did talk. I didn't do give him talk credit because he did talk after the game. I don't know what he was doing. I just be under people's skin sometime, I guess. You know what I'm saying? So, MF won't fight me, so it's all right. Mark, you take us through your perspective on what happened that led to the, the pushing and, and the flags. Just trash talking. Can't handle it. Now I started off. They, the whole defense was mad at me. You know what I'm saying? He started at the beginning of the game. You've seen it. I mean, everybody's seen it. You know what I'm saying? That's just what I like to do. So then he stopped and laughed, right? He's laughing. They just got eliminated from the playoffs. He had a crap game and all the receivers had a crap game, but he was laughing. He was laughing. Is that a team guy? That's laughing and they're eliminated from the playoffs. He's laughing that he made the defense mad. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, I, I love this stuff. It's fun because Cincinnati, Kansas City, the rivalry going back. It is now the whole jabroni talk last year and all that. It's just funny, but the Chiefs, they shut him up. Um, Justin Reed joined uh, Josh Klingler after the game. And uh, this guy, uh, yeah, two sacks today for Justin Reed. How about that? All right, I'm with the sack master, Justin Reed. How about getting your number called in that situation late? Two huge sacks on that final drive. Oh, yeah, I man, it was a big moment, and uh, 
all of it was just came down to execution. We were executing really all game, and in the biggest moments, your biggest players and your biggest, in every situation, your players got to make plays, man. So Coach Bags dialed it up for me to get home. We practiced it all during the week. Everyone played their role to give me enough time to get home, and we're able to make things happen. All right, they scored on their first three drives, and then you guys slammed the door. What what did that take to kind of flip it? Yeah, it was just about sticking together, camaraderie, trusting in one another. We knew we had their number called. The quarterback was able to escape out of the pocket a couple times, so it was just about containing him, taking away the threat of his legs, and once we, once we forced him to stay in the pocket, we were able to make some plays as a defense. Justin, having the defense kind of take some games over at times late, and close the door. How prideful is that for Extremely. this group to be able to do that? That's who we want to be. That's who we want our identity to be. It's a defense that when our number's called, we go out there no matter the situation and we play defense. There was chirping this week. Did how, how did that affect anything? Uh, there was definitely a little extra gasoline on the fire. You know what I mean? We appreciate that. The bulletin board material, they're able to keep a little fire on us whenever it came down to game It worked time. a little bit, huh? It absolutely worked. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Eight straight AFC West championships. Can you put that in the perspective? Not easy to do, and we can't take it for granted, man. Every win, every championship is hard, man. Winning the West is not easy. It doesn't come by just being given. You have to go and earn it year in and year out, and it takes a lot of hard work and dedication through the offseason, through training camp, through the preseason, and throughout the whole year relying on everybody to step up, injuries, adversity, whatever comes, being able to tackle it hand on and being able to play as a team and come together on top. So not an easy task, and we're really going to enjoy this, especially on the New Year's celebration. Yeah, I was going to say, do you take this one a little bit that way? I mean, the division looked like it was maybe a foregone conclusion a while ago, and then it got kind of tight again, and then – now you had to wait till the second to last week to yeah. clinch this thing. Does this make it even more special to be I able mean, to get done? I mean, it's the NFL, man. It's the NFL. Any given Sunday, every team is good and every team has pride. So you got to go out and earn it every week. At least one more home game. How cool is that? At least one. Arrowhead, we can't wait to be back here in Chiefs Kingdom. All right, one more week to go. Best of luck next week, but way to get that, that division title wrapped up. Absolutely. Thank you. That's Justin Reed. Art, back to you. So you go, Josh Klingler, Chief Sideliner Porter. We just talked to Josh a little bit ago. That's from the locker room. Justin Reed said, hey, they did use it. So it's not, it's not guesswork. I told you these players heard about it. Jamar saying, I hope that they hear about this this week. They did. They got the message, and, and they used it. You helped fuel the Chiefs. Then you sat there and laughed, you know, after the game, and your team has been eliminated, right? So you're going to be on the couch getting the same stats that we are after the game. So it's as simple as that. We had a call from Corpus Christi, and he – he was getting ready to get on. I was getting ready to go to you, my friend. Um, his Chiefs kingdom is everywhere on this. But here's the one thing about it. You're winning eight street divisions, this is, this is serious business, man. This is the NFL. Everybody has the same amount of money that they, that they have. Dead cap, salary cap, everything. Everybody's playing with the same thing. And the Chiefs have been drafted towards the end of the first round because they've been winning all the time. But you've got to still win with the players. You know, last year they were tasked – and they had 61 starts by rookies. The top two teams that had starts by rookies were one and two in the draft going into it before trade. They were one and two, and Chiefs were third. They win the Super Bowl. They, they, they did with five. They had five rookie defensive backs last year playing in the Super Bowl. Everybody spent money, and it's like a board game you're playing. And the Broncos have been, you know, they've been advancing, they've been advancing, they've been advancing. And then they hit that, that space that says you got to go back to the start. you got to go back to the start because that's where they're going to be because now they got to get a quarterback because this Russell Wilson thing's not working. They're going to have $85 million of dead cap money to worry about over the next two years, and they're back to square one. They've got to get that quarterback 
you know, someone to groom. So, you know, don't count them in it next year with a rookie quarterback if that's the direction they go to because they'd have to you know, spend a lot of money on a veteran quarterback. They've already gone that route, and it didn't pan out this past year. And then you had the, the Chargers. They went out and got Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson, who's not even on the team anymore. They went back to uh, New England. You had the Raiders with Devontae Adams sitting in the new wide receiver market. You had Chandler Jones, not even on the team. All these teams built up. All these teams spent close to half a billion dollars trying to make their teams better between the Broncos, between the Chargers, and between the Raiders because the Chiefs are in their head. They're tap dancing in their head like Fred Astaire. And all these teams went and spent the money to stop the Chiefs, and tonight they didn't because tonight the Chiefs put the shirt on. They put the hat on. They're AFC West champions. It's the second longest streak in NFL history, eight straight. And you'd have to think things going to continue. Like, as I said, other teams are, you know, starting from square one. They've been moved back. I mean, Chargers are going to have to do it with a new coach. Um, I think the Raiders have found their coach. Antonio Pierce is, is a great coach for them. But they got to get a quarterback. Aiden O'Connell ain't it. Aiden O'Connell ain't it, man. Jimmy G ain't it. So you have quarterback issues in Vegas. You have quarterback issues in Denver. You have had coaching issues with the Chargers right now. And again, they're playing the board game, and they got sent back to the start. It's not good for them to spend all that money to stop the Chiefs, and they, they can't do it. It's quite laughable. If you're at Arrowhead, you're laughing at the amount of money this division spent to stop you <clears throat> because they didn't do it. They had their opportunities, and they didn't. Andy Reid, nine straight years of winning double-digit games. This year, it was tough, man. This year it was tough with the offensive woes at times. It was tough, man. You know, but but again, who's that dominant team besides the Ravens? I mean, the Dolphins have looked good, but Jalen Waddle didn't play, you know, and that team got destroyed today by Baltimore. I mean, absolutely embarrassed. And they lost a key pass rusher in uh, Chubb. So when people talk about the Ravens throwing the ball at the end there towards it and scoring again, I was like, this is a team that just scored seventy on the Broncos this year. They ran the score up, you know, screw them. You know, the Bills, they barely beat the Chargers after the Chargers got 63 balled by the Raiders, the most points they'd ever scored in history. And that game came down to the final minute to beat the Chargers. They struggled today against the Patriots. If they, it wasn't Josh for Allen's Zappi. quarterback rating in the first half was crap. If it wasn't for Zappi throwing the ball four times to the other team, or, or turning it over, I should say, four times, they the, the Patriots should have won that game. It's it's bad. And I love how Bill, uh, people are talking about the Bills going to be dangerous in the playoffs. Uh, newsflash, they still haven't made it, and the Steelers have made it 10 times harder by beating the Seahawks today. The Bills have two faces. They're Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Sometimes they look like world beaters, and everybody in the national media is like, oh, my God, Buffalo Bills look great. Then they go stub their toe. I mean, they're just not good. There's no consistency right now except for the Ravens. The Ravens are a different animal. They're different beasts. They're fourth in scoring offense, number one in scoring defense. They've got a chance to do something that no one's ever done, the trifecta on defense. Number one in points against, number one in sacks, and number one in takeaways. It's a trifecta that's never been done in the NFL. Ravens have a chance to do it. And they're going to have the MVP on their team in Lamar Jackson. That team is legit. It's well coached. It's got a coach that wears a Super Bowl ring. That means something. Jamar Chase, newsflash, when people win rings, that's what matters. And you can talk. They can't. They're consistent. They went out and beat the hell out of the 49ers the week before. And they destroyed uh, the Dolphins this week. I mean, the, the Eagles look like crap in the NFC. Ever since Nick Sirianni stuck his chest out and yelled at Chiefs fans on his way out, that team has been garbage. But every team has their flaws. The Ravens don't. And that's the problem because they're in the AFC. And certainly that place gets uh, pretty loud there. And they've, 
They played good football and they played consistent football and they've been good on offense and defense. That team has played legit and they played consistent. And that's the thing with the NFL teams. They're looking for consistency because at this point, nobody has got it. But, you know, you win eight straight titles, you're doing your homework because guess what? Everybody's goal is to beat you. It's what the Chiefs did. You know, they got tired of winning it all the time. They wanted to knock the Patriots off. They wanted to knock that team off the block. That was the team that was in their bullseye. That was the team they wanted to get. And that's the approach you should have to stop them. I think the Bills have been too consumed with the Chiefs and not worried about their own division. And next week, it'll be fun. It'll be the Dolphins and the Bills for a chance to win the AFC East. I think I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you're rooting for the Dolphins to win. I mean, the Bills can either be the two seed or not in the playoffs at all. I mean, that's how weird it is for Buffalo. And Buffalo would tie the Chiefs in record, but they have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. If the Dolphins win, they would have more wins than the Chiefs. The tiebreaker over the Dolphins doesn't come into play. The Chiefs have an opportunity to rest players. It is basically a bye week for the Kansas City Chiefs. It doesn't matter win or lose. In that game, you're going to see a lot of Blaine Gabbard in the game. You're going to see a lot of Blake Bell and Noah Gray and not Travis Kelsey. Although I do feel they'll, they'll put him in there long enough to get his 16 yards so he can have eight straight years at over 1,000 yards. Oh, you got to you got to think. Well, I think he's earned that, right? It, you know, is a Hall of Famer the best to ever play that position? I mean, if he wants to, if he doesn't want to, you know, doesn't have to. I mean, he can just chill out and rest. But it, I think they'll let him do it so he can have – Twice as many thousand yard seasons as anybody at his position in the NFL history. And nobody can say that. <laughs> they doubled up the stats of their nearest competitor. They can't say it. Yeah, no, they couldn't. The the only way I don't think he does get it is if he just says, Hey, he pulls a Cody Schrader what what he what Mizzou did and he goes, Hey, I don't I I don't want it. It's a team game. Now that guy that guy's special, man. That guy gets it. That guy gets it. I, that, was, that was good stuff and uh yeah, that was that was 100% good stuff uh, from him. So we'll see what happens. They need to find consistency, especially with the pass catchers because they're, they're trying to make do with it. And one of the weird stats of the week, the Chiefs are fourth in the NFL in passing, which is really insane. That kind of gives credit there, a lot of credit to Patrick Mahomes and what he's been able to do uh, with his lack of uh, receivers he can really count on uh, going forward. But they did push the ball down the field today, and that was a good – Good sign for the Chiefs. The running game makes a big difference, man. When you can control the line, Mitch Holtis nailed this thing. You know, he's talking about bring the fight to them, and he's talking about the offensive line. It's what they did. It's what they did. Yeah, they gave up a few pressures. Sure, they did. But you know what? Cincinnati can get to the – Hendrickson's good, man. He had 16 sacks come in. He's good. He was going to give you some work. But Juwan Taylor at times looked shaky. Wanya Morris had his rookie moments. But running the football, they inserted their dominance and they, they inserted their will on the Bengals. They pushed them around. They bullied them. Jamar Chase got bullied. The wide receivers for the Bengals got, got bullied. Their offensive line got bullied. Chiefs got six sacks in the game. The Chiefs pushed them around. They got pushed around by the Raiders, but they turned it around, they sucked it up, and they pushed it around ball in the Bengals. Mitch called this straight out. What needs to happen? It's that simple. Offensive line, set the pace, dictate the action. That's exactly what the Chiefs did. Coming up next, we'll talk to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. Time to talk to the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, and my friend, Pete Sweeney. He's presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping KC sports fans 
with all their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. Happy New Year, one Pete Sweeney. Happy New Year, my friend. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, Jay. And uh, what a way to to start the new year than the Chiefs, at least a little bit, I think, getting back on track offensively, just doing enough to get a much-needed victory at Arrowhead Stadium. You know, when the report came out earlier today about him trying to simplify things a little bit, try to make the game faster, not as many substitutions, I didn't really notice much of that. I did notice him try to push the ball downfield more. And they definitely had an interest in the running game. Emphasis in the running game and then a, a willingness to take shots downfield. And just moments, I think, that we haven't seen in a while. I know that it didn't work out with the shot down the left sideline to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but how refreshing was it for Rasheed Rice to break free behind a defender and to kind of get back to that old style of yeah. Chiefs football where you're able to, to get those chunk plays downfield. I was very impressed with Rasheed Rice. Uh, Mahomes joked about it uh, after in a question that I had to him just in the idea of him getting his knees up and, and getting into the end zone. But I like that uh, after the game. It, it just I know it's been a tough year, but it, it felt like they were having fun again for the first time. Uh, and a big sigh of relief of them winning the division. I'd give it out three game balls after this game, and one of them is Isaiah Pacheco. Hey, listen, he had seven catches, was running like a beast, had, had 7.2 yards per carry in this game. He was incredible. The other one is, uh, of course, uh, uh, as far as Legereus Sneed. I, I felt like Legereus Sneed, uh, here was a guy that didn't practice all week. And you know how that usually works, Pete. You don't practice, you don't play. But the Chiefs knew they had to get him in there, and he was, he was, uh, he, he was questionable with that calf. Uh, all week did not practice, but he stepped up and did a great job on Jamar Chase. Like they needed him in that situation, needed him in that game. And I, I thought that he balled out and did an exceptional job for Kansas City. So I give him a credit. I think this is a big game for Legereus Need because, I mean, he, he was a tough guy today. I mean, he didn't practice all week. And like I said, we've seen this before, Pete, and these guys don't play. They needed him, and he delivered. Yeah, I think, like, you know, you, you, cover Andy Reid for long enough, and he's for sure a, a man of routine. And his routine is, as you were saying, if you don't find a way to get on the practice field, usually don't suit up. But they're always willing to change that routine when the situation calls for it. And they knew that even though LeJarrius Sneed could not log any practices, they were going to need him because you need to curb Jamar Chase. I think if Sneed doesn't play and Chase does, I think you maybe are looking at a – a different final score. So well-deserving of the, the game ball. And I think the cool thing about Kansas City is they never really talked before the game. But if you if you saw the clip of him after the game, it <laughs> just simply said, check the stats. And uh, it was a really nice performance by Steve. Kept another elite wide receiver from impacting the game. And it's just such a huge weapon for Kansas City to be proud of the effort that he put in and he, in my opinion, is a first-team All-Pro. We'll see if he gets that honor. Yeah, this is a special moment for Snead. I really do. I think, you know, in the history of, you know, what we've seen with guys stepping up in uh, in situations he did. I mean, he didn't practice all week. He gutted it up. And Jamar Chase, that received the big three. I know that T. Higgins spent a lot of time where he didn't play in this game. He did play in the first half, then come out and play in the second half. But eight catches, 89 yards for the big three wide receivers for the Bengals. That's called shutting them down, and it's called shutting them up. And 
I, again, I, I understand if you're going to you know say things about the offense or whatever where they've had their woes, but attacking the defense is probably dumb because they used it as fuel. Justin Reed brought it up. The rest of these players were throwing questions like the luxurious need, having fun with it. But these Chiefs used that as bulletin board material. Jamar Chase told them to do it, and they did it. Right, exactly. I, I don't know why that was the strategy. I mean, the Chiefs no. were kind of down and out. They were down on themselves. Why give any kind of extra motivation? And as is always the case, this is 2023, right? I know it's about to be 2024, but it's just the idea of they're going to hear it. They're going to find out. They're going to talk about it. They're going to send it to each other. They're going to use it as this extra motivation. And it was clear. I mean, you can see the fire and even some of the off-the-curricular, uh, extracurricular activities of the game. They were getting in Jamar Chase's face, and they understood that he was talking a lot of smack. Uh, and clearly, uh, he is not a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's trying to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and even in what has been their worst year, I think, in a long time, unable to do it at Arrowhead Stadium. And the other game ball, as I mentioned, uh, Pacheco and with Snead, is Harrison Butker. Harrison Butker was absolutely yeah. nails for the Kansas City Chiefs today and made the difference in this game. Six for six on field goals, 18 points uh, accounted just from that. Then, of course, the extra point as well. But Harrison had missed the field goal in the previous two games. You're like, oh, man, I hope this isn't a problem. But it wasn't. He was good. It was nails. Um, it was kind of a windier day this morning, you know, waking up and looking at the wind, which direction does it go. But Harrison Butker, man, he manned up, and he was absolutely outstanding, including in the 54-yarder today. Yeah, I just think the Chiefs showed you that, like, okay, you know, it, it's not going to be the same as it's been in previous years uh, if they're going to go on a run here. You're going to have to win with defensive football. You're going to have to win by running the ball. And sometimes in situations where you're not able to get seven, you're going to need three. And sometimes the three is not going to be 30 yards. It's going to be 40, 50 yards. And I, I think this is the means of if the Chiefs are going to go on a run right now in 23-24, they're going to have to win a little bit more of a, a grind-it-out game than maybe we've seen with this offensive firepower in the past. And I think this was a clear sign of, okay, you know, it, it isn't going to look the same as it is in previous years. But you can find a way to beat a team that's playoff caliber right on the bubble like the Bengals were by doing the right things, minimalizing the mistakes and playing good defensive football, hit, hitting the field goals, running the ball well. Uh, there's a means for the Chiefs to – going to run here everyone is zero and zero in two weeks and you just never know how things are going to break and I think they'll definitely gain some confidence from winning the game not only just simply winning the game but winning the game in which they did they're just proving to themselves that they can still win football games even if it looks a little bit different you know what it's kind of important too that they can rest a lot of their players uh in this week because they have played more football than anybody else the six-week stretch has been unbelievable every team that they've played has had more rest and the Chiefs have played more football than anybody else, too. That's kind of a an issue with the NFL scheduling, to be quite honest with you. But it's, sometimes it's tough to do when you have all these primetime games. But, you know, they can rest everybody, Pete. I, I'm curious what you would do and how you would play that game because the third seed is locked in. It's what they're going to have. But Kelsey needs 16 yards for 1,000. I don't know if you, you consider that a big deal or not. I think it means probably a lot to him. I would let him get his 16 yards and then he'd rest. Yeah, I think the Chiefs will rest their starters. I, I really do. Uh, but you're right. Um, I, I, I think whenever there is a, a time in the past where Andy Reid has nothing to gain from a game, a final game, he allows his guys to get some rest. And it's kind of a built-in buy 
there is a silver lining to being locked into the number three seed, and I think it's that opportunity where you have nothing to gain. Because if the Chiefs could get to the number two, they would play that game to win. They always play no matter what if there is something to gain. And also, I think you're right. Uh, I know that a lot of people are going to be wondering about the 1,000 yards for Travis Kelsey in that streak. I remember two instances. Uh, Mitch Schwartz uh, didn't need to play in a game, and he ended up doing it because he had the Iron Man thing going on. Mm -hmm. If you go back to 2018, I believe it was Kareem Hunt was on the cusp of the rushing title. It was a meaningless game, and they put him out for, I think it was like 30, 40 yards, something like that. So that's on the table as well. But I think you see most of the starters rest. And if Kelsey wants to play for the first series or whatever it takes to get those 16 yards, uh, I think Andy Reid will give him the veteran benefit of the doubt and he'll suit up as well. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. But when you look at the big picture, Pete, is we're uh, you know kind of winding the season down here and look at the teams, the only team that look at the AFC, actually the NFL, there's a whole lot of inconsistencies in the NFL. I mean, there's almost holes in every team. I mean, the Dolphins were looking great, but they went out and just got absolutely hammerjacked today by the Baltimore Ravens. Um, there's just holes with all these teams. Jacksonville has looked good at times. They've looked absolutely terrible uh, this last stretch of games. But in Buffalo Bills, you know, Buffalo Bills are looking great. Then, you know, you struggled against the Chargers to get a win. That's coming off firing their coach and letting the Raiders score 63 on them. Then today, um, they had a way too close of a game against the uh, New England Patriots. So, I don't know. Outside of Baltimore, everybody's got their issues. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I, I think things can change fast in the NFL. Like teams are good up until they run into a buzzsaw. And I, you know, I, I look at it from the other perspective. As great as Baltimore looks, right? They're going to go into this postseason. They're going to have home field advantage. Like, if you're them, are you really super excited about welcoming Kansas City even into Baltimore and having to get over that hump to get to the Super Bowl? It's not going to be an easy task. I mean, as you saw today, it's still Patrick Mahomes. It's still Andy Reid. And, like, I think finally maybe they're starting to understand what they're going to have to do to win this year. And I, I think if you're any team in the AFC, why would you want to play the Chiefs? And I think the Chiefs got to feel like with all of the parity as you're describing, why not us? Like, I know it's not been this year where we have been as dominant, but why not turn it on now and see what we can do in the postseason? Yeah, and the funny thing is, too, everybody bringing up the uh, the narrative of Patrick Mahomes and what's he going to do playing the playoffs on the road and all that. He's played two more games on the road, but he's got 15,033 yards passing on the road, a uh, little over 13,300 at home passing. He's got 100 touchdowns passing. He's got 119 on the road. Like You can make an argument he's been better. His quarterback rating on the road is 107.6. At home, it's 99.1. And he's got four losses at home this year, only two on the road. You can make an argument he's a better quarterback on the road, and we know the defenses play well on the road. It doesn't matter where they're playing. Yeah, I think there's an aspect to the team that really enjoys being the villain uh, to an extent. And I think Mahomes embraces that when he has to do it on the road. I think he likes uh, shutting up an opposing crowd. And I, I just think the theme for uh, a while now with this particular Chiefs regime in this era has been embrace the hate. I know you've said that on the radio a number of times before, but that's the extreme. It's the going on the road in the postseason, uh, maybe being in a down year and still sending a, a team as they're in their home building packing. And the Chiefs have a very unique opportunity to turn it on the postseason and do that type of thing this year. Uh, and, again, they'll have to take care of business in the wild card round, which will be – uh, at home, and, and then you kind of see where uh, it all breaks. But I'm I'm eager to see what Kansas City can do and, and what will be a very different-looking and a different-feeling playoffs 
when they have to go and take it from somebody who, you know, right now I think Baltimore probably feels we're going to the Super Bowl. Prevent that. I mean, you have an opportunity. That's why they play the games, and I, I think that's how Kansas City has to look at it. Talking to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. All right, Pete, eight straight. You know, we always kind of laugh about the T-shirts and hats, you know, and it really didn't matter in the past, but there was something about this year that I thought mattered. And, you know, with all the struggles they've had, the adversity they've had as a team to actually win the division for the second longest streak in NFL history, winning it eight straight times, especially when you look at this division. And I I said earlier Mm -hmm. that Denver is kind of in a situation like a board game where you start advancing, and then all of a sudden you hit that space that says return to the start. Because I feel like that's what they're going right. to do. They're going to have $85 million in dead money with Russell Wilson. they got to go a different direction with the quarterback. The Raiders need to go a different direction with the quarterback, and that takes a while. It doesn't take you know, the first year we can go out with a rookie quarterback and take the damage. The Chargers are going to be looking at a new head coach, and I feel like the Raiders and Broncos have quarterback questions, and all that money they spent from Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones with the Raiders to Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson uh, with the Chargers to Denver and what they spent – on bringing in Russell Wilson, there was a lot of money spent in the AFC West to prevent the Kansas City Chiefs from winning this eighth straight championship. That's why it kind of just means more, I think, to them winning this for the eighth straight time. And the Chiefs, you know, we could say the Chiefs are on uh, one of their years with Mahomes where they probably struggled the most since Patrick Mahomes has been a quarterback. It was largely uncertain if they were going to be able to do this thing and actually win uh, the division, you know, and I I think in a down year for the Chiefs, they still were able to push through and and do it. And I think that's a very scary prospect for the rest of the division, because if you can't beat the Chiefs in what was their down year, you know that Brett Beach is going to attack the offense uh, in the offseason and make sure that Mahomes has weapons. You know that he's going to surround some of these defensive pieces that he's going to sign to long-term contracts with young players who can play and I don't think you're going to see this type of down year for the Chiefs in 2024 um, by their standards. And so a grand missed opportunity by the rest of the division. And to your point, I don't think anyone is really settled, so to speak. Like We'll see if the Raiders lean into Antonio Pierce as the head coach. Uh, you look at new regimes coming in, in L.A., what does that look like? The Broncos continue to be a mess. So uh, wasted opportunity, wasted year for the rest of the AFC West to end this streak. And I think now – you could realistically start to look at that New England Patriots streak of 11 games. Now you're three years out. Like I said, I think the Chiefs are going to be improved with the expanded cap next year. Uh, they may win the division longer than the Patriots dominated the AFC East. And I think when that was going on, we never thought a team would come close to that kind of divisional dominance. And the Chiefs were able to extend it, and we'll see what happens over the next three, four years here. Yeah, down here for sure offensively. Yep. And, you know, they, they definitely need to get the pass catchers. We all realize exactly what they need but the consistency uh, that they're provided by winning eight straight is is something i feel like should be celebrated uh by them but uh, pete sweeney editor-in-chief arrowheadpride.com presented by mark ferguson the attorney that's been helping kc sports fan with all their legal needs since 1996 integrity results that's mark ferguson pete uh you've worked extremely hard this year uh happy new year to you my friend yeah happy new year and i, I guess i'll smell you in 2020 I know you will, Pete. Damn it. 2024, that won't happen. The smell you later thing? You don't think so? Nah, it's Pete. He'll do it. No, Pete, you know, Pete's right, man. I mean, we know this team's got issues. 
they, they're gonna they're gonna have to rebuild this wide receiver room. We know that. I mean, there's that's what we do. Character concerns podcasts each and every week. We look at the draft of the college football players and kind of who would fit into the system. And it, it's interesting. The game that the uh, that the uh, that the Bengals decided to play compared to what the Chiefs and again the Bengals really talk like a team that won a lot of titles. Um, even Mitch Swartz has the uh, has the uh, clip of Jamar Chase after the game, still running his mouth, where he stops and kind of laughs there uh, with T. Higgins, even though you know they're out of the postseason, they're going to get as many postseason stats as the rest of us watching this game. And Mitch says on Twitter, so Chase talks smack during the week, has a mediocre game at best, then clowns on Snead for having the discipline to not fight during the game because they would have gotten thrown out of the game. This is a weird mindset to have, and I don't understand it one bit. It's not the it's not the it's the NFL. Uh, I agree with Mitch, man. I mean, you got to have some some class going forward, and you have to understand and respect the game. But if this is the game you want to play, you know what? Be honest with you, I think the Chiefs are glad that Jamar talked. I'll give him credit for talking after the game. It, it makes him look like a clown. I mean, because again, I think the guy thinks he's Jerry Rice, and he's not. Get some hardware, and then hold it up and, and talk your talk. But until then, the team that just beat you and it's sending you home for the playoffs wears two rings on their finger. Exactly. And, and the guy that did it, Jerry Sneed, has two of those. Exactly. That's right. Jamar Chase can talk. But guess what? We showed up. We played the better, more physical game. And we're going to the playoffs while he's sitting at home. What? He might not be at home. He might be in Cancun. Who cares? We're in the playoffs. He's not. Well, there, there's certainly something that I do believe matters to this football team, and that's and that's the fact that, you know, yes, the, the sideline arguments this, those need to stop. I mean, that's they're, they're too good for that, and we, we've seen it each and every week. And we saw Willie Gay getting into it with the Minnehue a little bit today, and and but again, I think the cameras are really watching for anything going on the Chiefs sideline, and you do see this with other teams. Other teams do do this, but they do magnify it with the Chiefs, and there's there's certain frustration that does build at times with this team. These guys are ultra-competitive, and this is some of the stuff uh, that, that it's going to happen. But, again, I think they'll push that uh, by the wayside and and hopefully go forward, <laughs> you know, because, you know, right now it's, it's winning the division eight straight times. Again, this is the NFL, man. To win nine straight years of having double-digit wins, no one else does that. I remember the Cowboys were so excited a couple years ago when they hit 10 wins. I mean, teams look at that and they celebrate that. Hell, we saw it in college football. Ole Miss won 11 games for the first time in their history. They've been playing football for 118 years. I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy to win games. I think sometimes we take it for granted because they win all the time. And they will reload. I do believe they'll reload this offense and need to. Because one thing when you look at the Chiefs, I think the MO of this team is putting pressure on the defense putting pressure with your quarterback on the opposing defense, keeping defensive coordinators up at night and in excelling on the field like the Chiefs have done, especially offensively. His defense is great. I mean, he's having six sacks. Again, they were uh, fourth in the NFL in sacks coming into this game. That's going to climb. They were third in the NFL against the pass. Two second points uh, against, second in total defense. I mean, you know, they've been great. They've been great all year. Uh, Cincinnati did have the ball, you know, for extended period of time there at the beginning. They settled in, didn't let them score there till the second quarter and looked great at that point. But coming up next, we'll go back and recap the game 
uh, from a guy that I think Mitch Holtis, who really stood out from some of the things he said, not only in Chiefs pregame, but uh, on the show last week when he's talking about the offensive line taking the fight to the defense, and they did because of the running game and you know, they asserted their dominance. And Mitch Holtis is 100% right on that. So we'll do touchdown Kansas City next with the voice uh, Mitch Holtis calling the game. Chiefs 25 to 17 over somebody that calls their place the jungle. The Cincinnati Bengals when they games are played there. This welcome to this jungle, Cincinnati. Hope you enjoyed that. Text line's asking me what give Harrison Butker a shout out. Wait, we did. Gave Harrison Butker one of the game balls, man. Harrison Butker was on fire tonight. Harrison Butker was the difference offensively in this game. Yeah, he scored the last 18 points. He did. <laughs> like, Harrison I mean, Bucker, come on. He, he missed the field goal in each of the previous two games. You're like, okay, but he's been such nails all year. But he's been a, he's, he's a major factor for what this offense is. They're struggling getting touchdowns. It's Harrison Butker show. Yeah, the only other kicker that's been better than Butker has been Aub, Aubrey or Audrey, I should say, for the Cowboys, who hasn't missed a fiddle all year. Harrison Butker and his long stamper, James Winchester, two of the four players that have been on the Chiefs longer than one Patrick Mahomes. The other two, Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. But without further ado, it's time for something we do each and every week, Touchdown Kansas City. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! Batman loves this stadium! A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtus. Touchdown Kansas City! Three decades of Mitch Holtus and Sonoma's calls with the Kansas City Chiefs. Touchdown KC with Mitch Holtis brought to you by Tola Mordu. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Well, it was the Bengals getting on the board first. This will be a 34-yard attempt and a quarter-eating drive by the Bengals. McPherson is 24 of 29 this season. He swings the right leg through and gets it, and the Bengals lead 3 to nothing with 6.21 to go in the first quarter. There you have it right there, Evan McPherson, 34-yard field goal, 6.21 left in the first quarter. That was a 15-play, 59-yard drive, taking 8.39 off the clock as the Bengals really working the clock on that first drive. But it is already time. It's already time for the Tolly touchdown of the game. Brought to you by Tola When it's game time, it's Tolly time because, well, it's the only time the Chiefs get a touchdown in this game. Ball to go for Mahomes. Ball to be snapped on the left hash. Coming in motion to the near side. They load it up as Mahomes looks to the left side. Sinai fires back in the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Actually, a circle route by Isaiah Pacheco. The Chiefs went four by one after the Pacheco motion, and he circles into the end zone. A new wrinkle for the Chiefs. And the Kansas City Chiefs answer the Bengals' field goal with a touchdown of eight yards. Mm, love it, Mitch Holtis. Isaiah Pacheco, his second receiving touchdown this year. Eight-yard TD pass from one Patrick Mahomes. Harrison Butker with the extra point. Seven plays, 75 yards, 323 off the clock. A touchdown with 258 left in the first quarter. 7-3 Chiefs at this point, but then the Bengals would strike right back. Second and goal, Cincinnati at the Chiefs' six. Bengals trailing by four. 
Quick snap. Browning looks to the right side. The pass is going to be caught and a touchdown for Cincinnati. And it goes to Mixon. They lined him up wide this time. And the Bengals get a TD on a quick snap. They saw what they wanted with Mixon on the outside and a little rub route. And the Bengals answer the Chiefs touchdown with one of their own. Yeah, and the one thing about it, Jake Browning, I, I still can't believe he was an undrafted quarterback in <laughs> this league that wants quarterbacks. But he did have all that acumen in high school. He had 229 touchdowns in high school. That was a that was a national record. Do you know who he beat for that record? I do. Maddie Mock, the University of Missouri, he beat uh, for that particular record. Did uh, did Jake Browning, who put the Bengals up on top, 10 to seven at that point, a seven yard touchdown pass to Joe Mixon from Jake Browning. 11 plays, 75 yards, taking 6:29 off the clock. Uh, that with 11:29 left in the second quarter. By the way, I would like to mention that Isaiah Pacheco touchdown that came before from the Chiefs. That's the first opening drive touchdown the Chiefs have had at Arrowhead Stadium this season. But back to where we are, 10 to 7 Bengals at this point as Joe Mixon gets in to the end zone. But then the Bengals, they weren't done. Cincinnati is five of six on third down. Third down and goal to go at the one. Bengals leading 10 to three. Roll out by Browning. Little run pass option. He'll try to run it. He'll get into the end zone. As he gets his shoulder turn and a run pass option by the Bengals in an excellent play call, taking the force fumble on a sack strip of Mahomes and turning it into a touchdown. Back to back TDs by the Bengals after the Chiefs had a 7 to 3 lead. Back to back, if the Chiefs take 7 to 3 lead, like Mitch said there, here comes the Bengals up 17 to 7 now. After that, Jake Browning one-yard touchdown run, Evan McPherson with the extra point, culminating an eight-play, 24-yard drive, taking 4.23 off the clock. That was 6.23 left in the second quarter. That would be the final time the Cincinnati Bengals scored in this game. And all of a sudden, they're up 17-7. to It looks like, oh, man, what's going to happen? But then it became, well, it became the Harrison Butker show, this one from 54 yards out. 54-yard attempt. By Harrison Butker at 3.49 to go in the second quarter. Bengals loading up on the right side of the Chiefs blockers. Harrison Butker swings the right leg through and he's got it from 54 yards. The Chiefs get three out of the drive to get within a touchdown. Mr. Timex, Mr. Automatic, Harrison Butker, 54 yards there. Six plays, 40 yards, 239 off the clock. That at 344 mark in the second quarter, making the score 17 to 10 Cincinnati Bengals. Then with 35 seconds left in the first half, it was Harrison Butker again. And the Chiefs with 39 seconds to go in the second quarter will try a field goal to get within four. It will be a 43-yard attempt. Butker just hit a 54-yarder. Perfect play call, Dana Hughes. It was there. Yep. Now Butker's kick. And Butker will nail it. And the Chiefs get three points. That made the score 17 to 13 at half. That with 35 seconds left in half, five plays, 44 yards, a minute 25 off the clock. Then the only scoring of the third quarter was once again Harrison Butker. Butker has hit from 54 from 43. This placement is put down at the 18 yard line. It'll be a 28 yard attempt for Butker from the far hash. And Harrison Butker has the Chiefs within one point. 431 to go third quarter 24 yarder from Harrison Butker there seven plays 85 yards for the Chiefs 330 off the clock 1409 left in the fourth quarter that made the score as the Chiefs finally took the lead 19 to 17 at that point over the Bengals 
Uh, but yeah, nice drive, but just not putting the ball in the end zone, but they did rely on one Harrison Butker. But let's make no mistake about it. It was this play to Rasheed Rice that really set up the next score for the Chiefs. Nice 67 yarder, the longest play of the year for the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are three wide, tight end right is Gray. Kelsey goes over that same way. Snap to Mahomes, looking right. Fade pattern, man open. Caught! Rice at the 45-40 of Cincinnati. 30-25. Down inside the 15 to the 10-yard line. Rushy Rice with a gigantic go route of over 60 yards down to the Cincinnati 11-yard line. 67 yards to Rice. <laughs> so I had to put that in there. Even though it wasn't a touchdown, it was the Chiefs' longest play of the year. Plus, I like that call by Mitch Holtis. But the final score, the final scoring uh, option for the Kansas City Chiefs, very simple. Let's go ahead and play one more time. Harrison Butker, 259 left in the game. Four plays, nine yards, minute 34 off the clock. His sixth field goal of the game. Butker has hit five field goals in this game. He will try a 46-yarder from the far hash at 3.03 to go in the game. This would put the Chiefs up by eight if he can nail this. Left to right as we view it. Placement is down. Butker's kick. It is up. Nailed it. Six made field goals by Harrison Butker. At 2.59 to go in the game, that is a career high for Harrison Butker. Six field goals made. The Chiefs lead 25-17. Dude was nails, but that's been touchdown Kansas City. Kind of been Harrison Butker. Field goals Kansas City, but touchdown Kansas City with Mitch Holtis. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew when it's game time. It's totally time, but uh, Harrison Butker is absolutely unbelievable today. He had one of 54 yards of field goal, a 43-yard, a couple chip shots, a 27-24-yarder, and a 48-yarder, and a 46-yarder. So he had at least four field goals over 40 yards and one over 50 for Harrison Butker with a very nice night as the Chiefs get a 25-17 win over the Cincinnati Bengals who have been a nice little rival of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll head back inside that locker room or take your phone calls as well at 913-586-7610 on this New Year's Eve night. You brought my wheel, but what a thrill. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I laughed and love because I thought it was funny, but you came along and you proved me, honey. I changed my mind, the sun is crying. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Kiss me, baby. Ah, welcome. Happy New Year to everybody in Kansas City. What well, feels a lot different than it did last year with the Raiders, or the last weekend with the Raiders. Doesn't feel different. It just feels different. By the way, I have this, uh, JT, I have these uh, these these headlines that come to my phone or whatever, like, you know, the little text or whatever, just updates or something. This one from ESPN, right? Chase, uh, Bengals Jamar Chase continues taking shots at Chiefs after loss. We kind of talked about him still running his mouth. Um, says he knows he got under uh, luxurious need skin. Uh, won't fight me. Of course, I'm going to fight you on the field because you're going to get thrown out of the game because Chiefs have something to lose. You don't because you're a loser and you're going to be home watching the playoffs and LG Sneed's going to be playing in the playoffs. Big difference. But you've lost the game, man. Shut up. You did get under the Chiefs' skin. They said you did. You ran your mouth and they went out and they shut you down and they shut all your receivers down. They shut your mouth. They don't need to talk. Again, there's people in life that talk, and there's people in life that do. And it's a big difference. It's a big difference between running your mouth, not respecting the game, and acting like a total ass clown after the game. 
You got beat, man. You got beat. You know, Justin Jefferson was the number two receiver at LSU. He's better than you. Jerry Rice, better than you. Marvin Harrison, better than you. Reggie Wayne was better than you. They won two, so just shut up, man. Just quit while you're ahead. Win and then run your mouth. Win and then you can. Because that's what that's fine. Just win the game and then you can run your mouth. That drives me nuts uh, with that kind of, of, uh, of stupidity. But the Chiefs win the division for eight straight times. Um, put it this way, the Chiefs have now qualified for the playoffs. And this is this gets pretty good here for the uh, for the nine consecutive seasons, tying for the second longest streak of consecutive playoff appearances in NFL history. Think about that. They've qualified for playoffs nine straight years. I know we've expanded the playoffs, so whatever. Um, here's the NFL record for most consecutive division titles since 1970. The merger. New England did it 11 straight times from 09 to 19. The Chiefs now. Number two all time, 16 to 23, 2016, 2023. They've won eight straight division titles. The Rams from 1973 to 79 won seven in a row. The Pittsburgh Steelers from 74 to 79. And the Vikings, NFC Central, 73 to 78, won it six times. So there's the Chiefs stand, number two, um, all alone right there now as they pass the Rams today. Most consecutive postseason appearances. They've done it nine times. Um, Dallas had done it nine times, 75 to 83. Indianapolis, nine times, 02 through 2010. Chiefs record book for most consecutive games scoring. They, they set that one, too. They, it was 179 between 63 and 76. But now between 2012 and 2023, they've scored in 100 and um, 180 straight games. Chiefs record book for most sacks in a season. Um, remember last year was incredible. They finished second in the NFL in sacks with 55. That was number two all-time for the Chiefs as far as sacks in a season. The number one all-time for the Chiefs was 1990 when they had 60. Right now, as we sit right now, and with two sacks against the Chargers, the Chiefs have 54 sacks right now. It's third all-time for a, for a Chiefs team. So two sacks against the Chargers, and boom, that's number two all-time as the Chiefs would sit in sacks for a season. NFL record book for most 10-win seasons uh, by a head coach. Belichick has done it 20 times, and Don Shula has done it 20 times, right? They've had 20 10-win seasons. Andy Reid, 18. So he's two 10-win seasons from tying the great Bill Belichick and Don Shula. Pretty good, right? Incredible. Most, most consecutive 10-win seasons as a head coach. Bill Belichick did it 17 times. And he's got a ways to go on this one because he's done it nine times between 2015 and 2023. And we all know that it's just Belichick and Andy Reid that sit one and two in postseason wins. NFL record book for most consecutive seasons, 4,000-yard passing. Mahomes is already sixth in that and counting. Sixth in counting in that Drew Brees, the record with 12 between 2006 and 2017. Mahomes still counting. Most touchdown passes for seven years in the NFL. Dan Marino still with 220, but it took him 103 games. Patrick Mahomes has 219, but just 96 games. Because remember that first year he didn't play except for that Broncos game. So, And I doubt he plays in L.A., but that record would have fallen for the Kansas City Chiefs had, it, uh, had he played in that. But every week there's a different record, J.T., 
every week. We get a different record. We get a different shine. Uh, it it's it's just incredible. Like we're at the point where we just find records to talk about, and we have this bar set so high for the Chiefs. Because I remember when Andy Reid came in, we hadn't we hadn't done much with the AFC West in my life, and then Andy Reid shows up. They were picking first in the clock. That's what I'm saying. It was like we were doing nothing. Then Andy Reid shows up. He turns it around right away. And yeah, it, it starts off 9-0, right? The right. next season. It, it's incredible what he's done. And for a lot of these Chiefs fans, young Chiefs fans, they're fortunate. They didn't have to go through those tough times. But, man, I think it, it shows the the like the grit and stuff for these Chiefs, the Chiefs fans that have gone through it. It's, it's crazy how we're talking about records and stuff. And, I mean... How far could they go? How many AFC West championships could they win in a row? Well, a couple more things. Chiefs record book for most rushing yards first two seasons. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco has 1,765. That is third all time for the running backs for first two seasons. Kareem Hunt leads the way with 2,151. And Mike Garrett, he of the uh, 65 toss power traps. Mike Garrett, number two with the Chiefs, 1,888. As far as most sacks, first two seasons, Derek Thomas had 30 his first two years in the NFL. Uh, it's number one. Jared Allen had 20 his first two years in the NFL. And there's George Karloftis, 16 and a half sacks, so third all-time in Chiefs history for sacks in his first two seasons. Yeah, and he got he got to double digits today with his sacks. That so. pick's pretty good, huh? Yeah. I mean, Veach... Veach is doing what he can, and I get it that we're going to criticize him because of the wide receiver room, but he hit on Rice, he's hit on Karloffis, he's hit on a lot of things, and I do believe he will get the wide receiver room fixed in the offseason. Yeah, because it's going to be an emphasis. It's been an emphasis to go defensive backs and everything else before, but this emphasis in this draft, I squarely do believe, will be wide receivers. Again, Rice comes in number two in the NFL and rookie wide receiver catches, number three in yards, and that's when you throw in Laporta and even Kincaid, so just pass catchers. That he has that record. JT, awesome job once again, man. It's been fun working with you this week. But much different feel doesn't have than uh, what we felt last week. Yeah, it does. And also, it kind of feels good that we don't have to be up so early tomorrow morning. We can enjoy the New Year's Eve celebrations tonight. Couple college football playoff games on tomorrow. Can't wait. Thanks to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, that joins us each and every week. And one big thanks to Josh Klingler, Chiefs Chiefs Radio Network, sideline reporter for joining us as well. And... Once again, I love hearing the Mitch Holtis. I don't know if we know how lucky we are to hear Mitch, someone synonymous with touchdown Kansas City like we are each and every week. Good night.